Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You. God, we thank You for what You are about to do in our midst. God, thank You that we can be gathered together again. God, not just to sing some songs and not just to kind of hear someone motivate us, but God, most of all, to worship You and to hear from You. Holy Spirit, we open up our minds, our hearts and our ears and we long to hear what You are about to say into our lives in these moments we gather together. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, just uh, as, as Vicky so well shared this morning, next Sunday is Father's Day. It's a day where we celebrate men uh, and all things dadding. Uh, and we've got an incredible uh, communicator. We've got Tim Hanna. Uh, Tim, for those who don't know, uh, was the CEO of Compassion Australia for a long time. But before that, his greatest moment was he was also the senior pastor of Gateway Baptist Church uh, for a really long season as well. And so next Sunday is going to be an incredible day to bring a significant male in your life, one to honour them and to thank them for what God, how God has used them to impact your lives. And so make sure that here next Sunday, we, we do have, as you can see, we've got some seats free and we need to fill them uh, socially distance wise. But this morning, the title of the message is simply this, the greatest scandal ever told. I don't know about you, but you jump on TV and we, you know, you, you see all of these uh, TV shows uh, about all sorts of crazy things, and they're all about. They all involve scandals. You know, we, we kind of have we have an interest. Uh, uh, there's something that intrigues us about different scandals. Well, this morning we're going to talk about the greatest scandal. It's that's it beats any TV show or anything else. And so before we jump into, I want to paint a little bit of a picture. This story unfolds 750 years before Jesus ever walked the face of planet Earth. And we find this story, and it's all about a man named Hosea. Hosea is a prophet. And God comes to him and he says to him, Hey, you know what? What I want you to do is you're going to be my voice. You're going to be my, my voice to go to kings and leaders all around that nation. In fact, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the nation of Israel who's got distracted by shiny things and great things. And they've got distracted by these things. And I want you to plead with them and call them to return to me. But before God says, go and do this job, what he says, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to, I've got a really important job for you to do before you go and do your job. And so he says, the first job that I've got set up for you is I want you to go and get yourself married. And, and, and you know, if, if you're single here this morning, I mean, we've got Ivan who's just here and he is single for five more days. Friday, him and Beth are going to be standing and I'm going to be standing with them and they're going to stand to become husband and wife. And so Ivan, we're praying for you. We're praying for Beth and you. We're excited for you. And so you know exactly what's going on here. You know what's going through his mind and you, and you know the expectation is he's said. God says, I want you to go and get married. And Hosea, I reckon, if this is me, Hosea's like, oh, I'll go this way. God, I'm all over this, man. Like, I've already, I've already lined the lady up. Like, she, we, we, we've kind of this little bit of chemistry there. I mean, God, she's in my life group. And so if you haven't found a girlfriend or a wife, well, you need to go and join a life group. And so she's like, you know what? She's in my life group. And, and, and you know what, God, I've already got it all sorted. Look. 
I got it all sorted right here. Okay, God. So, so first thing, this is how it's going to go, God. You know, I've already, I've already thought this and I've planned it all out. And so first thing is, God, we're going to have moonlight. So the moonlight's going to be there. And then I've got, I've got, let me just get my order right. I've got, uh, I've got flowers, God, because I've been preparing this and planning for this for so long. So I've got moonlight. I've got flowers. I've got chocolates. And they even say for you. And, and, and God, you know what? I've got flowers. I've got chocolates to say for, flower for you. I've got the moonlight and I've got non-alcoholic wine all the way from, from Maribara in, in uh, New Zealand. And I know that New Zealand may not quite be a continent yet and there's probably not wine there. There's no vines, but I've already got, I've, I've, I've been planning, I've been planning and preparing for this moment. But God, then there's the piece of resistance. I've got my flowers. I've got the moonlight. I've got my chocolate. I've got my non-alcoholic bottle of wine and there's one vital thing that I've pre-prepared and pre-recorded for this moment. And here it goes. said I've got a plan and I'm prepared I am ready for this moment and I'm glad you brought it up and then God says these no actually before we get to that so and he goes and you know what God I've got I've got Whitney Houston playing in the background I've got the I've got the nine alcohol olive bottle of wine I've got my flowers I've got my chocolates and I've been working on some of my best lines Are you ready take deep notes here all right so this is what I say to you God hi my name's Will God's Will no, you don't like that. All right, all right, all right. I got better. I got better. Wait with me. Wait with me. All right. So, how many times do I need to walk around you for you to fall for me? You know, get the planner, the play on the Jericho and these. All right, all right, all right, all right. What about this one? I was reading through the book of Numbers this week, and I realized that I don't have yours. All right, wait, wait. wait. I saved the best to last. All right, I know that. I know that everyone's got their phones out, including the, the gentlemen who need brandy points back with their wives. All right, you ready? The Bible says, <clears throat> bring your requests to God. And I prayed, and you're here. You like that one? Yeah, there's a significant amount of Google time going into all of those. But anyway, in the middle of this exciting moment, God says in a Hosea chapter 2, God says, look, I love your enthusiasm. I love the preparation. And I don't really like your lines. But, uh, but I love all the rest of it, Hosea, except I've already prepared one earlier for you. But she's a promiscuous woman. And at the moment, kind of Hosea goes, she's a what? So God elaborates. He says, she's a prostitute. And Hosea goes, she's a what? God goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already lined someone up for you. And she's a prostitute. I mean, imagine what it must have been like, Hosea, in that moment. I mean, could you imagine, like, all of your dreams have come true. I mean, he prepared and planned and got the music and the, the moonlight and everything else going on. And God says, hey, it's not any of those because I've already lined someone up. And she's a prostitute. I mean, think for a moment. You know, you come, I mean, there's the moment when Ivan introduced or, you know, came to his parents and said, Mum and Dad, guess what? 
And he goes, I'm engaged. I've got a fiance. And mum and dad go, I didn't even know you were, I didn't even know you were daddy. He goes, neither did I. But hey, look, I've got one anyway. And he goes, you know what? And so they ask the question, what's her name? And, she, and he says, her name's Goma. Now like, that's an interesting one. He goes, yeah, I know. So how did you meet? Well, it's kind of around the place. And then they ask this follow-up question. So Hosea, what, is, what does she do? I just ask the question, what do you say in that moment? Well, uh, she's, uh, she is in the, she's, self, she's self-employed. That's exactly what she is. She's self-employed. You know, she's in, the, she's in the entertainment industry. She's in high demand. I mean, hopefully not anymore, but I think she once was in high. But, uh, like, what do you say in that moment? What do you do? And I, and I reckon it's that moment where Isaiah looks at God and says, God, you've got to be kidding. Are you, are you for real? Are you, like, what, what? In verse 4, it says that Hosea marries Goma. And it's all going well. There's the, the celebration moment. There's this exciting moment where, where they stand and they become husband and wife and expectations are high. And then there's a baby boy. And you know, this is the greatest moment of their life. They're married, husband and wife, and she's no longer doing what she was doing. And, and there's a baby boy that's his and hers. And this is a fantastic moment in time. But it seems to be that after this moment, Things begin to change between Hosea and Goma. But Goma begins to change. She begins to get a little bit distant. She, she kind of, things begin to change in their relationship. She begins to get a little bit unhappy and a little bit restless. But, but Hosea here is doing what God has called him to do. And so he's, he's busy preaching and teaching. He's busy telling the nation of Israel, hey, you need to return back to God. You need to stop getting sidetracked by things. You need to return to him. And then we find verse 6. Verse 6 says that Goma has another baby. And so naturally we'd be like, that's fantastic, another baby boy. That's awesome. Except the fact that the baby boy is not. Hosea's. And then verse 8 says that they have a third baby. But this is also not Hosea's. See, for, for Gomer, it was hard to walk away from her past. And you know what? That's kind of nothing much has changed. Because I don't know about you, but it's, it's still not easy for us to walk away from our past. You see, I remember when I was, before I became a Christian, I, I had a, an addiction to pornography. And before I became a Christian, it was something that I'd wrestle with. And it was kind of something that I, I dabbled in. And it wasn't an enormous big thing that, to, that took over my life, but it was a, it was a part of my life. And then I, I remember the day that I became a Christian, I thought, you know what? You know, I love Jesus now and that's all gonna go away and I'm not gonna wrestle with any of this stuff anymore. And then guess what? I still wrestled with it. And then I remember the day when I remember standing between, uh, between I had a, a pastor, actually it was my dad marrying us and a shady was on one side in a white gown and I was on the other side in a suit. And, and I remember the moment where we became husband and wife and I thought, you know what, at this moment, I'm no longer going to wrestle and struggle with pornography because I am now married to the wife of my dreams. But that didn't change things. And then I started to work in church. And I thought, you know what, this will fix it. This is like the magic, the magic button. Like this, will, this will fix it all. And I worked in two different churches and I still wrestled with it. You see, it was my hidden sin. 
It was the moments where I said to myself, I will never do it again. But have you ever noticed that it's hard walking away from our pasts? And see, I don't know about you, but we all can find ourselves a little bit like a little bit like Gom or a little bit like me. If we're honest with ourselves this morning, we, we have our past mistakes, the guilt and the shame that we carry, the things that we've we've blown it and we've and we've done things wrong, and we do the thing again, and then we say to ourselves, I, oh, no, you know what, I'll never do it again. And then we, we make these promises to ourselves and to our loved ones and to God, and say, you know what, God, I will never do it again. And then somehow we find ourselves doing it again. And then we feel guilty. And this little voice pops into our mind, and it says something like this, and you call yourself a Christian? Like you call yourself good. I mean, what would people think? What would people do if they knew what you did? I mean, imagine for a moment if if everyone knew what you did. You see, our pasts have a funny way of creeping into our present and luring us back to our past if we don't deal with it. But back to Hosea. See, At this moment, it was all out in the open. At this moment, everyone began to discover what what Hosea, this prophet from God, this high-profile guy, they discovered what his wife was doing and she slept around. I mean, imagine what it must have been like for Goma. Sorry, imagine what it must have been like for Hosea. Imagine what it must have been like, the woman of your dreams. I mean, you'd planned and prepped and got some, some lines all sorted and the, the, you know, the, the moon and the everything else, and then all of a sudden she's doing this to you. And then we find this few verses in chapter 2, verse 7 through, sorry, 2 through 7. We find this interaction where eventually and finally Hosea comes to Goma and he pleads with her and says, Goma, 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 I love you so much. And you know what? If you just stop this, I will accept you and I will love you and I will forgive you. But you've got to knock it off. You've got to stop it. You can't keep doing all of these things. But if you do, uh, sorry, if you, if you turn from them, if you come back to me, that I will love you and I will forgive you. But our dealt with past is still there. And then there's this final blow. And I don't know how it happened. I'm going to speculate here that it, that it may have sounded and looked something like this. You know, maybe it was, you know, Jose has been off at work all day and he's busy doing God's stuff and he comes home and he walks into the bedroom and he finds a note, something like this. I'm leaving you for good this time. I found my true love. I'm never coming back again. Signed, Goma. I reckon in that moment, as he read that note, after everything that he'd done, And he reads that note. Hosea crumbles. He crumbles down in a a heap on the floor next to his bed, sobbing. And in that moment, in the midst of his sobs, he, he remembers his wife, the mother of his son, after so many chances, after so many times when, when he's forgiven and forgotten, so many times he's, he's accepted her back, so many times out of love, he said, you can't do it anymore because I love you more than they do. I mean, what has Hosea done? 
He's done nothing except give her a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And we don't know how many chances. And I want to speculate that probably he didn't know how many chances he had given her. We don't know how long Gomer's gone for. We don't know how long Hosea sat in his home by himself with tears streaming down his face. But in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1, God says this to Hosea. Go show love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is adulterous. Love her like the Lord loves Israel. Just put yourself in a second. Put yourselves in, 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 in Hosea's shoes. I mean, you know, God says this to him and and then that's your response from Hosea's. You go, God, are you serious? God, do you know, do you see what has happened? God, after everything that I've done and everything that she's done, you want me to what? God, are you for real? Like, uh, God, this isn't fair. God, this is not okay. I mean, after all the chances, after all the grace that I've extended to her, God, after all the tears that I have shed for her and she shed none, you're asking me to do what? But Hosea does. And so Hosea goes to God's prophet, high-profile high Christian guy, goes to the red light districts of the city. It's nighttime. And, and the women are out selling themselves. And no doubt as he walks along the, the, the dingily lit red light streets of the city, there's women there as, as they say, hey, how are you doing, handsome? Hey, you want a little bit? Of, I'll look after you. It's going cheap tonight. You know, as he's walking along, kind of looking at the ground and people begin to recognize him as the other prostitutes begin to point fingers and, and snigger and laugh at him because they know who he is and he is there with them. And they look at him. And he starts to ask different people if they've seen his wife. And he sees a couple of, he sees a guy walk out of one of the, one of the brothels. And, and I kind of, in my head looks like this. You know, he had a picture of his wife, although they didn't have cameras back there, but just go with me. And so he, he walks up to the man as he, as he walks out of the brothel. And he says, excuse me, mate, I just wanted to, have you seen my wife? Have you seen my wife? Have you seen my wife? And he goes, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He just kind of puts his head down and runs off full of guilt and shame. And then, he, and then he sees another man. He runs over and says, excuse me, mate, have you, like, have you seen my wife? This is my wife. Have you seen her? Have you seen her? And the, and the man looks at her and goes, oh, dude, I didn't know, man. Like, I, she said there was off. I mean, she wasn't wearing a wedding ring anymore. How was I to know? I mean, I, I did everything that I could do to make sure that it was over. I mean, dude, like, I didn't know. If I hadn't have known, we wouldn't have done anything. And, and like, and, 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 like, oh, man. And he kind of just, it was a couple of nights ago, man. I didn't, like, I, uh, and he puts his head down and, he's, and he runs off. At that moment, Ho, Hosea looks at the picture of his wife, heartbroken once again. And I, and I can imagine that moment when he walks around the corner of, of the building, down the, down the next lot of streets, and, and down the bottom of the hill is a large crowd of people. And as he gets closer to this large crowd of people, it's a large crowd of guys, and, and standing in the middle on, on the prostitute auction block, about to be sold to the highest bidder, there stood 
Goma. Ragged, torn, sick, dirty, destitute, chained to an auction block to be sold to the highest scumbag. In a filthy slave market, a repulsive shadow of the woman that she once was. And we wonder how anyone could love someone like that. And so he runs over to the auctioneer and he says, excuse me, sir, 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 that's my wife, that's my wife. See, I've got the ring to prove it. That's my wife. Can I have her back? And then the the auctioneer looks at him and he says these words, if you want her back, you have to buy her back. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 2. It records that Hosea bought Gomer for 15 shekels of silver and 30 bushels of barley and a measure of wine. In Leviticus 25, the Bible records what the price of a slave was to be sold for. And it was for less than half of what Hosea bought Gomer for. As I've been thinking about it this week, the only rational understanding I could make of why he paid too much was that there had to be a bidding war, a bidding war over his wife. I mean, imagine what that must have been like for him. You know, he's standing there wanting his wife back and and there's a couple of other scumbags who want to do stuff to his wife that they shouldn't be doing. And so he's going, yeah, 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 all right, all right, all right, this much, yeah, come come on. And then someone else puts their hand up. He said, no, 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 I want it more. And, he, and they put their hand up. He said, no, I want it more. She's my wife, not yours. And he puts his hand up and they put their hand up and she puts it. And, and there's a bidding war that breaks out for Goma. And Isaiah eventually buys back his wife. He paid for his wife again. And this morning, I'm calling it the greatest scandal ever told because I can't believe that this hasn't been made into a movie and I can't believe this is in the Bible. I mean, who in their right mind would do something like this? Who in their right mind would, would have the audacity, would, would have... Who would ever do something like this? What I would propose to you this morning is this, that the story of of Hosea and Gomer is a perfect picture of the Gospel. It's a perfect picture of what God's reckless love looks like with skin on. You see, the name Hosea means salvation and the name Gomer means completion. And get this, our lives, they are never going to be made complete without salvation. So who's Hosea? Jesus is Hosea. Who's Goma? Well, we are. You see, God so loved you. But but we are like Goma. And and we, we rejected Him. And, and, and it's funny, our past catch up with our presence and we love our sin, we enjoy our sin and, and we don't really think we really, really need God. But like Hosea, Jesus came down the deepest, darkest places of our lives to buy us back, to get us back, to pursue us. 
The places where we can where we carry guilt and shame. Places where we feel like no one could ever love someone like me. That no one could love someone like me if they really knew all about me. And see, church, this morning, that is why this is the greatest scandal ever told. The scandal of grace. See, Jesus is searching out and He holds out hope that one day we might return again to Him. But we don't. And so like Hosea, Jesus came down to planet Earth and He walked the streets to find us, to pay a price. And the bids were high like they were for Goma. The bids were ridiculously high, outrageously high. And there was a bidding war over our lives because the devil wants your life just as much as God wants your life. And finally, the price was set. The the hammer was down. The price, the death of an innocent man, death of an innocent person to buy us back. And so Jesus was nailed to a wooden cross. He was nailed to a wooden cross. Our innocence, sorry, His innocence exchanged for our guilt. And that, the scandal of God's grace. And He did it to you. He did it for you. And He did it for me because of His never-ending, reckless love. I've been praying about this all this week. Thinking about the return series that we've just finished. Thinking about this passage. We're... Hosea went after Goma to ask her to return. So think about the, this outrageous, inappropriate story that I can't even believe made it into the Bible. And yet what a perfect example of who we are. So what I want us to do this morning is my prayer has been this, this morning that we would, that we would understand the gravity of God's grace that we would realise again the price of grace and we would realise the freedom that comes with God's grace. So why don't we just stand with me this morning? The team's going to sing this song, Reckless Love. This morning as I've been praying over this, I just felt like what God wanted to remind some of us again What He wanted to do for some of us again is to remind us of His unfailing love towards you. His grace that's on offer for each one of us. But like Goma, we we return, like Goma, we kind of got distracted by all sorts of things. But like Hosea, He came and pursued her and brought her back. So this morning, as the team begin to sing these words over us, why don't we just lift our hands? So God, I want to understand your love again. God, your grace again. 
God, I want you to remind me of all that you've given to me. God, all that you've blessed me with. God, God, I want to I remember again. God knows all about the junk that we carry and the guilt and the shame that we carry. And yet God goes after us. What blows me away is that at no point in this story does Goma actually do anything. In fact, she's in the middle of her sin. She's in the middle of her junk that, that Hosea busts in and buys her back. The Bible says in the book of Romans, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Get it? In the middle? middle of being chained and in bondage to the things that we've done. Having done nothing to earn God's love and acceptance, except because we're His sons and daughters. That God breaks into our lives and buys us back. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You would do something like that for someone like like me, like us. God, we thank You for this story of Hosea and Goma. God, and it seems so inappropriate and yet so full of grace. God, thank You that You so loved us. God, thank You that You so loved Goma enough that You pursued you pursued her as you pursue us. God, let your love fall in our lives. God, let it change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church, we're going to sing those, those words together. We're going to pray to Him that you're going to be down the front. You know, I, I shared a little bit of my journey, my struggles. And I get the sense this morning that each one of us have got our journey and our struggles. And I couldn't fix it alone. And I, and I talked about the fact that there was stuff in my life that was undealt with and it came back to bite at some point. But there was a moment just like this morning for me that, that I knew, I knew, I knew that it had to be the end and I needed to get people around me to support me, to encourage me, to pray for me. We're that church that loves people. This every, every person who comes through those doors is welcome. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.